This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Angry white male studies. Bees in her eyes. Cubs, no women allowed. The Parrot Brothers. Celebrity potpourri includes Kevin Nealon. And we interview Fox 32's Dane Placco. Our D-list celebrity section. <laughs> Reporter extraordinaire. <laughs> All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Man, Man with Rick and Dave. Oh, you're blowing. <laughs> I'm blowing into my Starbucks yeah. cup to try to get the the sound, but I can't do it. Hold on. He's 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 blowing his coffee yeah, cup. So. That's uh I mean, it sounds worse than it is. That, but yeah, yeah. Well, just, that's exactly what I was doing. Yeah. That, that was not you. You are, you're a journalist. And speaking of journalists, <laughs> we're going to have Fox 32's Dane Placco on yes. later on today. So for all of you uh, Chicagoans, uh, everybody knows Dane Placco. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he's been a fixture on Chicago television for 20-some 20 20, years. 20 plus, yeah. For those of you who don't know Dane, um, we still are going to make him tell a couple of stories that you will find fascinating. Right. Dane is a great storyteller. Yes. What I love about going out with Dane, yeah, um, when you're at a bar, people are people are like, "Hey, you're," and then they screw up. Yeah, you're that's true. Mark Shinowski. Right. Right. That's true. <laughs> it does happen to him a lot. That's awesome. It does keep you humble. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Let, Especially and, if we're there right, to right, see right. it. Right. If you're a celebrity and you're hanging out with us, yeah. you're not worth shit. Yeah. That's yeah. true. So whatever. Well, big weekend this past weekend, huh? Yes. So, oh, congratulations, Mazel Tov to you and your family. You. Uh, I was there for you were late, the, but I was moments late. Um, moments late, and considering that the ceremony was like nine hours, it, I think it was fourteen hours. <laughs> oh my God! How much? How much Hebrew and sitting and standing and sitting that you have? And we're not a very athletic people. Yes. No, you know, I, I've so, heard that. But the. Just the walking around. I mean, I had to walk around the whole place with the... Well, let me ask you this thing. about me being late. Mm-hmm. Why do you think I was late? Do you think it was me? <laughs> I, I'm going Bridget. Okay. okay. Uh, yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, it, at like 9.15, the, the ceremony started at 10. Mm-hmm. At 9.15, she was uh, in her pajamas in the in the in in our new kitchen. Yeah. And I said, uh, Were you, are you going to take a shower? Or what? She goes, for what? I said, we got the bat mitzvah today. She goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you put that on your calendar. Um, well, and you guys lived like 40 minutes away, too. Yeah. So, yeah. So but we were a few minutes away. You didn't late. miss much. You know yeah. what you missed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Well, now, what I was going to do. There's was, a lot of singing. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle did a great job singing. She did. She and the like, girls did, too. Yeah, there was everybody. Was, everything went great. It did. I, I was going to prank you. Uh-oh. Well, um, so what I was going to do, and I never got around to it, and I would have needed Bridget to be on time for it, so, <laughs> so maybe this wouldn't have worked anyways, but I was going to print up, you know how we had the programs, right? Yeah. I was going to print up like five or six fake programs, <laughs> and I was going to put your name, I was going to make up some Hebrew blessing name. That I and, was going to have to yeah, do. Yeah, right, and put your name underneath it, and I was just going to watch from the stage, you know, Bridget sh- showing you the program, yeah. and then you just squirm and going, I don't know, I don't know what this is. <laughs> No one told me this. Yeah. That would have been a good prank, except for one thing. I didn't even read the program. Right, right. And you guys were late, and it would have been yeah. a lot, whatever. Hey, I got a present for you. Uh-oh. Okay. You yeah, sure. Are you ready? Yes. <gasps> oh, my book. Here it is. That's the first copy off the press. Oh, my God. It's every beautiful. Cover. Did, you, did you like how I've kept it a secret oh, for this entire... Oh, look at that. 
That's you, fantastic. You know what? You're more excited about this than when I saved your life on the <laughs> on the expressway when you passed out driving. Yeah, and if you hadn't, this book would not <laughs> right, exist. Right. So there you go. Every cub ever, it looks gorgeous. Oh my god, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's um, it's like an encyclopedia. It is an encyclopedia, basically, uh, with personality. Well, it's I, an encyclopedia with personality. I did notice that you, yeah. there's a there's a mistake in your bio. Uh oh. Uh, you forgot to mention that all your priorities are misplaced and you have no penis <laughs> for spending 10 years writing about every single cub player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what, uh, as you said to me when I pitched this idea, you said, have you ever kissed a girl? <laughs> and I think I have, but I really, at this point, I have no proof of well, that. Let's, let's yeah. be honest, you've spent more time doing this than kissing girls. Yes, there's no question about that. But this is a remarkable achievement. And again, oh, thank I, you. Uh, Look at that. That's beautiful. And and I don't like commending you on anything. But if you like this kind of thing, and if you're a Cub fan, yeah. I can't imagine. Even Michelle looked at it and she goes, you're only charging 25 bucks for this? Well, it is a steal. It's a steal at $25. So it is. Um, but we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about the Cubs thing a little bit more uh, later in the show. Uh, I did my first interview yesterday for the book, mm-hmm. uh, television interview. It was at the Channel 26, uh, the MeTV. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's airing this weekend sometime. So we'll, it'll be out there. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll put the links up there. But here's what I discovered when I was on the air with this with John Hansen, who's a very a, nice man, great guy, a, f- a fellow University of Illinois alum, mm-hmm. um, but younger mm-hmm. and better looking yeah. and thinner. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when I got there and I saw the two of us on camera yeah. and I saw the the monitor, I said, "Is there any way we can get like a 300 pound person to sit in between <laughs> right, us right, right, right. so I look a little thinner?" <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he said, uh, you know, the the camera adds forty pounds. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I said, and three chins. <laughs> yeah, right. I, forty metric. Uh, I mean, come on. Yeah. I I, uh, I am a fat piece of crap. I noticed that when I was on uh, for that whole pothole story, the pot- pothole store story. Yeah. When I was on, and I yeah. always look at it again, like with the WGN just reran it. Right. Oh, and it's yeah. just a, don't get don't do a side view. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing right. a side view? Right. right. Nobody wants to see that. Right. My, yeah, you can only do it when my chin is up like this, so not the four I mean, other chins don't come down. Shouldn't the camera be up in the <laughs> in the air, looking down at us? Yeah. Use my high school picture. I mean, come on. Um, but well, so I'm going to be on WGN television in a few weeks too. Um, and so no carbs for you. Well, I, at least I've got a couple of weeks to work out for this one. I think you're, I think you're gonna yeah. you're gonna look fine. You look great right now. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, All right. All right. Q. Oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, you're right. We're doing a show. Doing yeah, a I show. forgot about that. Boy, that book looks fantastic. You know, my favorite thing about this book. Before we get into the next part, is look at name? how big my name is. <laughs> right. That's right. huge. Now it's uh, and it's spelled correctly. Yeah, it's um. It's a, it's a remarkable again. It's a remarkable achievement, and I don't want to give you credit for anything. Yeah, I mean it's misplaced and ridiculous, but it's <laughs> it's a remarkable achievement. Okay, it's time for some minutia. This week's minutia with Rick and Dave. I, th- I don't think I have that turned up loud enough. You know what? Let me turn it up a little bit louder. Everyone uh, at home, want to do it again? Yeah, I'll do it again. This week's minutia we with go. Rick and Dave. Um, you mentioned University of Illinois. Do you remember when we were in college? Oh yes. And how giddy we were. When we got that new course catalog, oh right, yeah, right, you know, oh yeah, we'd be the, you know, right a couple of days oh. before registration, we'd go oh, out, yes. you know, and we'd 
And I yeah. was, when is the basket weaving class <laughs> right. this semester? And I'd spend hours going through the smorgasbord of knowledge oh. and opportunity, you know. Just want to learn. <laughs> yeah, just right. want to learn. And just the gut-wrenching, just <laughs> angst of, 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 of narrowing down the four classes yes. that I can, you know. Yes. Oh, wait. That wasn't me. <laughs> uh, I remember basically picking classes on the close, you know, how close they were to the apartment and how many stairs I had. Uh, and up. the time. Right, right. Right. If it's at 8 a.m., right, right. I'm not going. Ergo, master's degree in advertising. There you friend. go. Right. Well, well, the students of the University of Kansas this fall, which will probably have the same enthusiasm. Go Jayhawks. Yeah, walk, talk Jayhawks. Um, will find a pretty unique class in their catalog in fall of 2019. Okay. Please Please tell. According to the catalog, Angry White Male Studies, also, <laughs> also known by its course number, HUM365, will explore the deeper sources of the emotional state of an angry white male while evaluating recent manifestations of male anger. It goes on to read, employing interdisciplinary interdiscipl you know yeah, yeah. perspectives, this course examines how both dominant and subordinate masculinities are represented and experienced in cultures undergoing periods of rapid change connected to right rights-based movements of women, people of color, homosexuals, and trans individuals. I'm going to say I don't want to take this class. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> That's right. why, and I am not an angry white male, um, but I think if I take this class, you'll become, I'll become right, one. Right, right. What two projects? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, now I haven't seen the syllabus obviously. Yeah. And I, you know, but I can Is it taught by a woman? No, I have yeah. no idea. Okay. Uh, but but I can only imagine what the curriculum is going to cover. Oh, please uh, tell. So I got yes. a couple of ideas, right? Uh -huh. you know, I'm sure there'll you know, I'm sure there'll be a topic on how frustrating Whole Foods parking lots are. <laughs> yes, but, absolutely. I mean, sure. come on. Right. Uh, there'll be a class on how difficult it is to blanch kale before you freeze it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, that makes white men angry. Uh, the retirement of Dirk Nowinski. Yes. I mean, come on. I mean, as a German, yeah. this is a, a national morning. Hey, uh, this is kind of a little racist joke, I'm yeah. going to tell you. Uh, no. <laughs> what do you call five people on a bench? Uh, I don't know what. The NBA. Five people on a bench? I don't get it. The NBA? White people? But you, you missed the word white. You said five people on a oh, bench. Oh, I'm sorry. What do you call five white people? I, I guess I guess That it's kind a, of ruins the joke. <laughs> okay, good point. <laughs> But what do you call five white people on it? See, I can't yeah. even tell a racist joke because I'm not we'll an just, angry white we'll man. We'll just edit this uh, later. And lastly, the fight, you know what the final project is going to be on? What? Gluten. <laughs> All right, good. Have you ever have you ever heard a black person bitch about gluten? I have not. Yeah, it's no. a it's a white guy thing. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah. All right, well, I have some minutia that uh, uh, you're gonna. I I just want to say in advance. I apologize for the queasiness that is going to follow. Mm -hmm. All right. It's a 29-year-old woman had no idea why her eye was swollen shut. She was in unbearable pain and could not stop tearing up. The Taiwanese woman said she was confused about why an issue she thought was an infection kept getting worse. Mm -hmm. All right. But when the woman, identified by her surname He, H-E, received treatment at Fuyin University Hospital in Taiwan. This is not a joke. Doctors didn't find a bacterial infection. While looking at He's eyes through a microscope, Hung Chi Ting, not a joke, real name. Hung Chi Ting? Hung Chi Ting. Okay. The hospital's head of ophthalmology witnessed something he hadn't seen before. 
there were insect legs wiggling out of one of her eye sockets. He yanked out a small bee known as a Hilasitidae or a sweat bee, and it was alive. The doctor wasn't done. Soon he extracted a second sweat bee and a third, and finally a fourth bee was pulled from the woman's eyelid. And the reason they call these sweat bees is they crave salt, and they had been eating her tears, the doctor said at a news conference. Uh, She said it's the world's first uh, case of this happening inside a human eye. The insects made a home under her eyelid until they were removed alive. So she had a stingmatism. <laughs> uh, that's great. Isn't that the, isn't that's that gross. just the creepiest yeah, thing ever? I'm really queasy about eyes. Like mm-hmm. Bridget just had a uh, eye surgery this week to fix her cataracts. And uh, you know, Tommy had to go with her because I couldn't yeah. this uh, they tape your eye open yeah. and they carve it yeah. and I could never put contacts. In no. No, I, no, I am a total and, friggin' wuss. And you, and you see people that put contacts, they're like just digging in. in oh, and out of like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, like, oh, did it go up inside my eye? Yeah, 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 ah! yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in honor of your book. Yes. I got a cub. Every book. cub ever, a yeah. cubrehensive, get that? Cub-rehensive. A cubrehensive guide to everyone who wore the uniform from 1871 uh, to 2018. I've got a cub story. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you saw this or not. Cubs remove no women admitted art. From the press box I did see this. after negative feedback. I did see this. Uh, this is actually, this could possibly be taught in the Kansas angry white male class. They could. Uh, the Cubs reacted quickly Monday afternoon after Chicago Sun-Times reporter Madeline Kenny posted a photo of the Cubs' newest press box art. Yep. Uh, the sign reads, Press Box Annex, Wrigley Field, Chicago, no women admitted. Yeah. There's also a date of 1945 in the upper right-hand corner, and in the middle of the art is a pink poodle. And you know why it's called the pink poodle? No. Because the or the pink poodle was the name of the Cubs' press dining room back in 1945. Oh, okay. Uh, well, after... Wasn't ca- there, isn't there a pink poodle down in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, too? Didn't we go to a place called the pink well, poodle or the pink pony or something like maybe, that? Maybe. Okay. Um, you mean that trip that I actually urinated next to Bill Buckner? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I truly saw the balls between his legs. Uh, after Kenny posted the image to Twitter, it didn't take long for everybody to complain about it, obviously. And um, uh, she tweeted the initial photo at 10.56 a.m. And by 12.12, so, you know, basically yeah. an hour later, she tweeted that the Cubs informed her that they were taking the art down. Now, what are they thinking? Yeah. Well, okay, so I have two thoughts on this. Yeah. I've been thinking about this. I saw the story the other day. And my first thought was... They're morons for putting that up there, sure. right? Gen- I mean, I know they right. were, it was like making a statement right. of how far yeah, women yeah, yeah, have right, come, right, et cetera, right. et cetera. But, you know, if you're a woman and yeah. you see that, right. you're immediately, your finger right. goes up. Right, right, it's right, like, you know, right, yeah. right here, pal. Yeah, right, right. Uh, but then the second thought was it's a little sensitive, right? I mean, everything's a little sensitive these days. Yeah. Um, and it, it really was like that in 1945, well, what, you know? What I don't understand is if they didn't admit women to the press box in 45, who cleaned up and who made the sandwiches? Okay. That's uh, David Stern, <laughs> S-T-E-R-N. Clearly, P.K. Wrigley did not think this through. Hey, do we give away any prizes this week? We're not doing it anymore. We're not? Oh. you know, I'm sorry, executive decision. Um, the retweet contest, yeah, we really kind of did it peter out a yeah, little bit. Petered out, and then we did the international contest last week. Yeah, when we were going to uh, the first person that emailed us from right. out of the country, yeah, no, yeah. One, no one emailed. Y- us. You think it's because 
we're just giving away Amish Chicago coffee mugs and nobody cares. Or how about in every cub ever? No, we're not giving those away. Yeah, okay. We're yeah. not giving those away. Okay. All right. Well, all right. Well, all right. So there's. Uh, let's mourn. Uh, take a moment of silence to mourn the end yeah, of the retweet contest. Kind of failure. Uh, but it is time for our uh, additional Cubs material. Okay, let's talk more about All that. right. Let's yeah. do it. Time now for a collection of Cub geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. We should change the name of the feature to Every Cub Ever. We already, right? We already got the jingle. Oh, yeah. yeah good point. Uh, good point. Money does not grow on trees, my friend. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, Every Cub Ever is out. Actually, it's not out. It is uh, available for You've pre-order right now. The only copy that's in existence is on your desk right yeah. now. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful book. It's worth $25 for it's sure. I mean, yeah. you're stealing it from us. Um, you'll find things about every single player that ever played for the Cubs, one of which was a guy named Techie Tom Parrott. Oh, well, what page? Um, I think it would be under the P's. It's all, right. all alphabetical, Dave. Okay, well, then you go just keep talking, and I'll see what page it's on. Okay. What's his name? Techie Tom Parrott. Tom Parrott. Parrott. P, two, two R's, two T's. Okay, keep talking. Um, anyway, he was uh, a pitcher for the Cubs and was part of a brother team. His brother was named Jiggs, Jiggs Parrott. And page 229. Page 229 of the book. Jiggs Parrott was an infielder, um, and he was uh, a fairly bad second baseman. Uh, they played in the 1890s, right? He was very bad. Mm. He was so bad that they wouldn't let him play at home because the fans <laughs> booed him so much. So you Darvish. Uh, yes, but Tom was his brother. Tacky Tom was the brother. He was the cornet player. They had. They were musicians. And they would book gigs before their games or after their mm-hmm. games, and they would play as a, as a brother team. So one of them was a better musician, one was a better baseball player, and they, they know, would, yeah, okay, yeah. So Tom was the better baseball player, uh, although he with the Cubs he was zero and three with a six sixty seven ERA. So, so he, he wasn't that good. He either. wasn't that good either. <laughs> so all right. So anyway, that is uh, this week's uh, every Cub ever. And now it's time for our celebrity feature. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Uh, You know, I feel like we already gave him a free celebrity story with you peeing next to Bill Buckner. (laughs) uh, That's right. That would have been a total. uh, Yes, that uh, counts. Well, it's a bonus. It's a bonus feature. Okay, so let's. uh, Um, Who else are we going to talk about? I've actually been trying to get him on the podcast. He has been kind of shunning us. Uh-oh, who? Uh, Kevin Nealon. Kevin Nealon, okay. Is there a reason why he's shunning us? Uh, we, mm, I doubt he remembers me. Okay. I, in fact, I'm sure he doesn't remember me. Uh, but we had him on Landecker's show, and um, I don't know, how do I say this? You know, there are some interviews that are excellent, there mm-hmm. are some that are just okay, and then there's some that are just complete disasters. Mm-hmm. The Kevin Nealon interview was a complete disaster but it was our fault not kevin nealon's fault it, 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 there was a lot of tumult in the hallways at uh, wjmk people were yelling at mm-hmm. each other uh, john landecker is an emotional guy and was in a got into a bad mood because he had just been yelled at about something else and then boom it's time to do an interview yeah. and he had just been told by the boss you know, hey, stop it. We we don't want these interviews. Who cares about Kevin Nealon? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's great. And John had prepared an interview in which he would subliminally 
ask questions oh, because subliminal of the subliminal man bit that mm-hmm. uh, that Kevin Nealon did. But he was so upset from this stuff that was going on in the hallway that when it came time to do the interview, he completely blew it. Yeah. You know, he would try to ask a question and he didn't come out right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, I, I, I couldn't have done it anyway. Yeah, right. You know, I, I'm not blaming John for this. It was just a, just yeah, just a terrible a, day. Right. But Kevin Nealon was like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, what, what, why am I on? What, yeah. what, what, what? And, and it was like four minutes long. And, and, John, long and John's like, that's it. See you later. And he ended the interview. And we all were just kind of scratching our chins and like, okay, well, that did not go well. Yeah. At least on the podcast, we just yeah. can yank it. We can. Uh, which Speaking which of we yanking, never do. Yeah. Because, the we, uh, well, this could be a bad interview. Who knows? We've got our buddy Dane Placco. He might. He's standing by. Yeah. He might just unload on us. He might. He knows things. Yeah, exactly. I hope he doesn't mention anything. That's a great point. I hadn't even thought of that. All right. Well, let's bring him aboard. Play the uh, jingle. Here we go. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Okay. Joining us now on the telephone, uh, somebody that we've known for a few years, one or two years, a uh, man who is known to Chicago television viewers. As Fox 32's Dane Placco, a journalist, a reporter. I like how you just kind of did your Dane Placco face when you just well, said I, Dane Placco. I, I not <laughs> only there, did I did the voice and Dane the face. face? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, we, that's <laughs> all. Have you not been listening to our podcast, Dane? All we do is talk about you. Uh, so anyway, we have him uh, for just a few minutes. He's uh, literally in a stairwell uh, awaiting uh, his assignment. I, no, I, wa- I was in a stairwell. Now I'm in a parking garage. Oh, okay. okay. I went up the stairwell. I'm, I'm, you want me to do play-by-play? This is really fascinating. I yeah. walk to work. Yes. Hey, um, you got any homeless person there that we can talk to? <laughs> you know what? Actually, there probably will be a few. If you'd like, I can. You know, it's, it's, it's radio. Be sticky. It'll be so wacky. You don't park in the building, do you? I'll just I'll just say uh, you know tell them to pick, take the phone and say play all the hits we play all the hits all the time <laughs> yeah. right uh, thirty eight degrees out there be cold <laughs> but but Dane you're not parking in the building right you you uh, park no I I park behind the building to save a few bucks yeah. I know you find that hard to believe right? we've I, mentioned how cheap you are on the podcast many occasions too. <laughs> So we should try to make this as uh, real of an interview as possible because Dave and I are professionals mm-hmm. and you're a professional. And one of the things that our listeners uh, would be most interested in is some of the stories that you've covered. And for me, the one story that, that I've heard you tell before, which I could hear a million times, is uh, the story of when you were in Milwaukee as a reporter and you stumbled onto the Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> story. Can you please tell us that story well do you want the story when when uh, the Dahmer thing went down or when i we we broke the angle about the little kid uh there were a couple of interesting angles to that well I, let's and start our, with the one when when you just discovered it because uh, i thought that that's interesting yeah too. Right, so so yeah it was a monday night it was like i think the summer of 1990 i want to say it was a hot night I'd worked a 2 to 10 shift, uh, 2 to 10.30, did something on the 10 o'clock news. I was working for the ABC affiliate up there. And a buddy of mine named Alan May, who was a really good crime reporter at our station, he and I had a little tradition on Monday night. We would go to a place called Bingo's on the northwest side of Milwaukee for a dollar taco night. Again. Again, cheap. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you. I mean, it seems to circle back to my... Uh, pocketbook doesn't it? we've cracked uh, the dane code yeah it was like dollar tacos really good big tacos by the way uh, they didn't skimp 
and, and a pitcher of Lowenbrow for like $3. So we, we did Monday night taco night at Bingo's, and we left. And about midnight, I'm driving home, and to get home, I had to go down uh, 94, the main expressway that cuts through Milwaukee, east-west, that ran by the old county stadium. And as I'm driving down, I again, my car didn't have good air conditioning. Because uh, <laughs> you were too cheap to fix it. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> So I had the windows rolled down, and as I'm driving along the interstate, I hear all these sirens, and I'm looking around there. I don't see any smoke. I don't see any fires. I hear a lot of police sirens, fire department sirens. I thought, that's odd. I get home, and within a couple minutes after I walk in the door, my phone rings. And it's our overnight producer, young girl who's just out of Marquette University, who's working at the desk and, and producing the morning show. I answer the phone, and she says, heads. In the refrigerator. <laughs> in the refrigerator. I said, slow down, slow down, Katie. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. And I said, what are you talking about? She's listening to the police scanner, and she hears the cops talking about finding some heads in this guy's refrigerator. And uh, I said, nah, that can't possibly be. And she's probably just having some fun on the, on the, on the scanner, on the two-way. I said, call me back if it's anything. So 20 minutes, he called me back, and uh, yeah, it was it was Jeffrey Dahmer. And we were all out there the, the following day when they were bringing the uh, refrigerators out and all the, yeah, it was uh, were you it, al- it was a remarkable experience. Were you allowed in the apartment? Or did you go no, I, did, I didn't get in the apartment, no. They had it all sealed off. There was one reporter, uh, uh, Annie Schwartz, worked for either the Journal of the Sentinel, I can't remember which, they were both separate papers at the time. Um, whose boyfriend was a Milwaukee cop, and he got her into the building before they sealed everything off. She went into the apartment. She went into the unit and wrote a first-person account of it uh, the next day that was just chilling. Unbelievable. Well, that that's a great story. I love that story. Dave Dave has one that he wants to hear, too. Which Remember one? The, uh, the one that happened in 2003? Your, oh, your favorite oh, moment oh, of all yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Uncle Dane, tell the story when your heart got yeah. broken about Bartman and what was going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you just want to hear it because you're a Sox fan. This is, I've joked about this is like White Sox fan. Porn. Oh, it's porn. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. I, I'm on Pornhub right now. <laughs> porn Cub, not Pornhub. Porn Cub. Yeah, I was there that uh, infamous Game Six of the NLCS 2003. I mean, it was a, it was on Fox, so we had the game on our air, and I was there covering it as a reporter, and. Uh, so the, the, the full story goes, my, I had tickets. We had the really nice seats. You know, Dave and I share some seats at Wrigley Field, and, um, and they're really nice seats. Again, Dane is cheap, and he wants to share the one seat. So we're, he's on my lap, actually. You know, I think the one area in which Dane is not cheap is Cubs tickets. <laughs> yeah. so let's, Especially let's... recently, as they've continued oh. to climb in price, as yes. Dave well knows, they're not cheap anymore. Let's um, cut him some slack there. Mm-hmm. So my, my, I gave the tickets that night to my parents. My mom and dad had, had the uh, seats down in Section 16, beautiful seats. And I was working the game, so I'm floating inside, outside the ballpark with a press pass. Well, the game's going on. The Cubs had a lead. I think it was 3 nothing or something at the time. It's the top of the eighth inning. Mm-hmm. And it, I was outside the ballpark by our live truck right as the seventh inning ended. And at that point, the city felt secure enough that the Cubs were about to go win the National League pennant, that they started shutting down all the streets around Wrigley mm-hmm. and letting the people mm-hmm. in all the bars. And there were thousands and thousands of people in the bar 
cars around the ballpark at that point, flood out onto the streets. And it was like Mardi Gras. It was crazy. People were jumping up and down. I mean, the sense of excitement, the anticipation. This go was on, about go to happen, on. right? Okay, yeah, I know. Sorry. I don't even want to know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I see this developing, and I know my elderly parents are inside the ballpark. And, uh, you know, it's a zoo out there. It's crazy. So I go inside, and I visit them in Section 16. This is like right at the top of the eighth is starting. And I said, Mom, Dad, do yourself a favor. When they win this thing, and I didn't use the word when, much to my chagrin, <laughs> stay in your seats as long as you can. Do not go outside. It's crazy out there. And they said, okay. So I retreated to the tunnel behind Section 16 to watch the, the last inning and a half, couple innings go by. And I saw the ball off the bat that kind of curled the foul ball down the left field line. And I didn't see what happened because I was the tunnel sort of obstructed my view a little bit. But I heard this weird reaction from the crowd. And I asked the guy sitting up, uh, me, I said, but he said, oh, some guy reached out for I couldn't really see. There was no video board at Wrigley at that time, remember? There was right. no replay system in the ballpark. So, you, you know, if you didn't see the play, you didn't see it. So that the, the, you know, you see a Lou going crazy. Something clearly had happened, but I wasn't quite sure what. And then it all started to fall apart. And, you know, I don't need to tell you the story. Dave, do you want to recite the sort of details? You probably. <laughs> I can't talk right now. Memory, right? There's too much blood rushing somewhere right now. I cannot talk right now. <laughs> you know, the part that I would like you to tell, though, is, is what, what happens when they bring Bartman down. Because you were underneath. You were in the bowels of Wrigley as this happened. Well. Yeah, and so as this is the disaster, as the collapse is unfolding, and the the TV cameras keep taking shots of poor Bartman sitting there, you know, with people yelling at him and throwing stuff at him, I get a call from the desk, and uh, they said, "You got to go find that guy." I said, "I don't even know what he looks like." So I took our photographer, uh, D from Fox Thirty Two. We went down the con- concourse, down the left field line, underneath the stands. And by this point, it was like, you know, what had been a 3 nothing lead, it was 5-3, to 6-3, to 7-3. to three. It just got up <laughs> fast. Like in five minutes, it just blew up. And so I go down the left field line under the stands, and there's already a sea of people down there. It looked like a lynch mob is the only way I can describe it. It looked like something out of the Old West. All these angry fans had congregated outside the uh, tunnel entrance where the people would come out of that section where Bartman was sitting. They wanted to see this guy. They were, they, were, they, were, they were upset. They were yelling. So what happened over the next 15 minutes is nobody, again, nobody exactly knew what he looked like. And so the cops kept bringing people down those short steps and up the security office who weren't Bartman, but they were people that had been throwing stuff at Bartman or abusing Bartman. And so every time they would bring somebody down, people would start yelling and cursing. But then they would realize, no, that couldn't be the guy. Finally. They bring this guy down the steps, and they've got, like, a jacket over his head, and there's six burly cops surrounding him, and everyone knows, oh, that's got to be the guy. And it went crazy. I mean, people are – I heard little old ladies, right, right. you know, dropping F-bombs. <laughs> people are throwing, you know, their beer cups at I'm them. 92. Was, I'm never going to get another chance at this. <laughs> and they hustle him up the ramp into the security office, and it was, it was crazy. And, and I had the instinct at the time. I thought, I just witnessed something really – dark you know potentially historically <laughs> significant yeah. in cubs you know lore yes and so i started i started asking people in that crowd right away why did you do that why did you react that way and all these you know meathead fans and i'm a cubs fan by a little bit they were meathead fans went right on camera and said hey deserved it. he screwed up the game you know that kind of stuff yeah and so 
it, you know, we used that that sound that night, and it wound up being used in the uh, in the Bartman documentary on the, yeah, on the Thirty for Thirty that ESPN did. And yeah, it was just one of the craziest moments I've ever experienced covering anything. Well, 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 thank you very much for taking a few minutes out of your uh, very busy day. And uh, I just want to tell the listeners, if you ever run into Dane on the street, and Dane is everywhere, uh, he is known to frequent uh, establishments, uh, go up to him and say, hey, Dane, can you tell me the moose joke? <laughs> the moose dick joke. Yeah. Because that is the funniest joke of all time. And when Dave and I... Went to college with Dane in 1984 at, da- at Dane's going away party. Mm-hmm. We made a pact that 50 years from that day, wherever mm-hmm. we were, we would have. I have a- to call you guys yes. up right. and tell the joke, right? You tell the moose joke, and if if I do. I, you owe me $100, and if I don't, I owe you $100. Cash. Right. But at that time, that felt like a million dollars. <laughs> I know. Right? It was a crazy <laughs> I know. Yeah. In, 19, in 1984, $100? Oh, I don't know if I'll ever have that kind of money. Yeah. But just so you know, that's it's only so 15, 15 years. years from now. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, don't we don't remind the... me. We're, we're actually closer to the 50 end of the spectrum than yeah the other end. Oh, considerably. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we just assumed we would not stay in touch, but apparently... <laughs> yeah, right, right. We we this yeah. uh, we we did stay in touch. So, well, thanks, buddy. Thanks for taking the time. And uh, what's, hey, your, I, what's your story? I gotta go run out. I gotta go. I'm doing a story tonight. You'll love this about uh, uh, all the garbage on the expressways right now. Have you noticed that? Right yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is. It's worse than it's ever been. We were out yesterday shooting some of it, and it, it literally looks like a garbage truck exploded along the along the Dan Ryan or along the Eisenhower. <laughs> so we're gonna talk to a, a couple of aldermen who are ticked off about this uh put a piece together for tonight all right well uh, have fun buddy thanks dane all right talk to you later all thanks, right man. bye um and for the you listeners out there no we couldn't get anybody else well right. yeah, yeah. You know. and for you listeners out there if we're still on the air in 15 years dane can come on the podcast <laughs> and tell the moose dick joke yeah, exactly right um before then uh, you know as long as he's working at fox 32 i don't think he can really tell that joke publicly but again as i mentioned if you see him on the street ask him to tell it the yeah, mystic joke he'll tell, and he tells it so well it involves uh, arlene francis which no one remembers yes uh, yes uh, uh, it involves uh who was it uh, uh who else you know what we're, I don't remember. we're, we're telling too much <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we're telling too much arlene francis i'm sure people yeah. are good. her her she's gonna be a trending topic yes exactly who the hell is arlene francis? if you'd like to know more about rick and dave you can check out our day jobs uh, eckhartspress.com also chicagoauthorsolutions.com brand new book i'm holding it in my hands every cub ever a comprehensive guide to everyone who wore the uniform from 1871 to 2018 you're almost excited as excited as when you hold your marriage license Yes, almost, <laughs> almost that excited. So that's uh, that's available at that website. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, you can email us. Although no one ever, no one emails us anymore. because people don't email anymore. No, no. But you can minutiamenpodcast at gmail dot com. The show has been uh, produced by Tony Lasano of Opie Productions. Back uh, from his cruise, right? He, what's that? He had a big cruise back from his cruise. That's right. That's right. Uh, He's we, got a great show, too. We've been distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits. Great guy. Uh, podcast Network. Oh, by the way, you know, there's another show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network that I host. The Free Kicks. Free Kicks. Right. With uh, Adam and Rick. With my nemesis. Yeah. yeah. 
So, I mean, you should check that out if you're a soccer well, fan. I've been seeing all sorts of soccer news. Is there something coming up? Is there like a... Yeah, there's a Women's World Cup coming okay, up. You want, to follow okay. the, you want to follow the show. Um, that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, too. And we will be here. Uh, are you gone next week? I am, but aren't we doing a best of? We, we have... Uh, we have put together a special package right. for you. Right. It's a week. best of. It'll be four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the length of Kevin Nealon's uh, interview. Yes. It'll be right here on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Uh, next week. That'll be the... The, it's, the show is called... Oh, Minutia Man. Well, you did it <laughs> I know. I can think of it. <laughs> That's not on the script. The Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes. Stitcher Radio. And at radiomisfits.com. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Los Ano or Los Los Ano and friends, here's what you missed. Tony, I think we have to talk about something. All right, let's talk. You spoke about going to see Star Wars again. We need to talk about you in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proposing that before you see Star Wars again, which I know is going to happen, we need to get at least two other movies under your belt during this viewing season. Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. No, no, <laughs> sir. We need to get something that does not involve laser swords, so to speak. How many times have you seen it, Tony? Seven. Just seven. Just seven. <laughs> Tony, that's over 14 hours mm-hmm. of your life devoted oh. to watching one, in my opinion, Pretty mediocre Star Wars. That always scares me a little. (laughs) In a good way. Radio Misfits. Get more Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever the f*** it's called.